Welcome to the second installment of TKO. We're still talking about supply chain issues and things plaguing the supply chain. And um, Trey actually found a really interesting article we're going to go through and kind of bullet point mm-hmm. for you. And it's not specifically tied to the AV industry, similar to our last video. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is more about just the general overview of really kind of what's going on because yeah. it's it's kind of a mess. It's crazy. So uh, I'll have the links to the articles that we're talking about in the description of the video if you want to check it out. And um, I'll be showing some picture in picture of what we're talking about when we're talking about it. So uh, what do we have today? Yeah, so we're going to go through this uh, this article that I found online from this website, Smith Corona. But before we do that, those of you that watched the, the previous episode or listened to the previous episode, um, did you guys find ribs for the fourth? Just out of curiosity. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. You know, I will say that... I, I kind of feel like I might need to make a slight correction and say that I did find ribs. I didn't buy them. There were some available, but there were not many available. So Yeah, it was slim pickings. I I feel like I'm not going to say that I need to apologize, (laughs) but I I do feel the need to maybe just have a slight, like I might have maybe slightly misspoke or whatever. But you also had a plan. I had a plan. And you know what they say about plans. If you have a plan, you plan on winning. And if you don't have a plan, you plan on failing. Yeah, Something fail to like plan, you plan to fail. That's it. Okay, so anyway, so uh, the 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 website is uh, Smith Corona. Smith Corona. What's interesting about this is they make labels for shipping stuff. Yeah, it's just right? paper, paper and printed paper. They're in the paper business by way of printing paper that go on boxes uh, for the parcels and the packages that we enjoy, right? And uh, basically what this article is, 2021 Supply Chain Chaos, Pulp Packaging and Freight, oh my. Um, what I thought was real interesting about this article in particular is it kind of went a little bit back in time. So let's journey back in time slightly and let's go to the end of 2019. Uh, at the end of 2019, freight companies started increasing their prices because that's what we do, right? We increase prices usually each year. The cost of goods go up. The cost of living expenses, all that stuff goes up. So that started to happen. Well, um, an example of that is uh, they talk about the median cost to ship a 40-foot container from China to the East Coast. It it doubled from uh, February of 2020 on average is about, we'll call it $2,500, uh, and then in February of 21, it was at $5,800. So that's a pretty pretty significant increase. And that's the median cost. Correct. That's the median that's cost. That's not the low or the high. That's right. That's because just, from, what, from what we're hearing now, it costs a lot more than 5800 bucks. Oh, I'm sure. Now, yeah, it is, I'm sure. Like today, it's crazy to the, ship a container. Again, th- this comparison is from February to February, and here True, we are, yeah. August, so... Yeah, and then when you said going back 2019, that feels like a lifetime ago. I know. It was basically, yeah, t- well, two years almost. Yeah. How about 2022 is in five months? Yeah. 2021 is kind of a leap year. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, anyway, so so in a, in a, in a 19, uh, fr- uh, freight increases, uh, price increases go into effect. The world shuts down. Q1, definitely Q2 of 2020, right? So 
what happened through all of that? Well, the world shut down. Because the world shut down, we had a delay in manufacturing of goods. We had a delay of getting goods that were already manufactured off of boats, onto trucks, to their final destination, right? That, that kind of compressed. And they go through in this article and they explain, um, you know, kind of what caused it, like why, you know, mm-hmm. who, how, all that jazz. Um, some interesting things. Did you guys know that there's a shortage on shipping containers? I did not know that. You cannot get you cannot get a container. It makes sense. Why? Well, because all the containers are kind of spoken for. They're already on ships, or they're already on trains, or they're, or they're in entering the bid process to see who can bid for a container. Yeah, it's it's. There's cr- a wait list right now for shipping containers. I think it was like um, so over sixty days just to get on a wait list. So you have to wait two months. <laughs> Just to get on and a list. And then just to get on a wait list uh-huh. to maybe get a container. So this is where we are. This is where, this is our reality now. Yeah, and some, something else that stood out to me real quick, too, was there was a logistics guy that tweeted this, and he said, the cure for surpluses is surpluses, and the cure for shortages is shortages. Let that sink in. All That's right. kind of where we are. It's craziness. Um Okay, so there's a shipping container shortage, right? The increase of prices, those that's two like big time problems. When you compound that with uh, actual workers, there's a shortage on workers. We talked about that last time, but mm-hmm. it seems to be there's a shortage on workers across the board with everything. I everything, mean, yeah. There's a little local restaurant in the town that Kevin and I live in. They're usually open seven days a week. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, where we were yesterday, but they're closed on Mondays now because they don't have anyone there to work. Mm-hmm. So it's not just affecting just, uh, you know, supply chain, Ooh, just supply chain, but it's affecting everything. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm sure you guys out there have seen it too. It's just, it's all across the board and it's not just limited to the U S it's, it's all over the world. Having it's, trouble getting people to work in all, all different facets. It is. Um, uh, but yeah, container shortages. And then one other good thing that this article talks about, it's not just the container shortage. So we're thinking of a container on a ship. It is now to 18-wheeler shortages. Mm-hmm. So once it comes off the ship, when it can come off the ship, you know, last time we talked about the ship sitting in the port for mm-hmm. two months at a time. Well, now once it comes off the boat, they don't have a truck mm-hmm. to put it on. And then... Going a step further, they can't find drivers to drive. for the truck that they don't have to put it on to drive the non-existent truck. Yeah. And then going one step further, they can't find new drivers because the CDL courses yeah. have been closed for so long due to COVID-19. So let's talk about the drivers for a second because yeah. this article brings up some pretty interesting stuff. Um I'm going to hit the high level. Again, Kevin said he was going to share the link. I hope you guys check it out. But the, the, I guess to me the takeaway is of the existing driver force, a good number of them uh, are retiring, right? They're, well, they're aging out. They're aging yeah. out, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so in order to replace that, let me back up. So part of the, part of the, the other issue is so drivers are aging out, so there's fewer of them. But also at the end of 19, the beginning of 2020, 
there were some laws that uh, that went into play that limited how many hours they could drive, and those hours are being chronicleized or captured or I don't even know what the word is I'm looking for. Monitored. It's being logged digitally. There we go. It's being logged di- digitally by these little devices that are on these trucks. So it literally prevents the driver from being able to work extra hours. That's, I mean, that's tough, right? I, I'm all for everyone being safe. Safety is important, especially for drivers that are driving the equipment. I mean, it impacts them, their lives, but it also impacts, you know, those of us that are on the interstate as well, going to work, going to the store, whatever. Like, I want people to be safe. But that gun, man, that's, that's hard. When you have a limited amount of hours to be able to get things done, that's uh that's pretty tough yeah i just looked up the new regulations here so the total number of hours that can be worked by a long-haul trucker in a work period is 60 hours Mm -hmm. so even if you're putting in overtime you can only work 60 hours you can only drive up to 11 hours during the duty period however the new regulations state you can only drive for eight hours Mm. so that's three hours three less hours right it's three less hours so what they're doing now is they're either scheduling two drivers in one truck mm-hmm. to do a b a b mm-hmm. or it's just gonna take twice as long yeah no, i mean not twice as long but it's gonna it's, it's gonna, gonna be, take a lot it's gonna more be longer time yeah yeah so that's kind of uh that's some interesting interesting little data points that i guess we all need to consider is um, you know, I mean, myself, I've, I've ordered things. I've been waiting on things. I ordered stuff several months ago. I was told it was going to be a 60 day wait time. Well, then it got pushed to 90 days, then 120. I'm coming up on 180 days on some stuff that I'm just trying, I'm waiting on it to show up. And a lot of it is due to this. It's coming from outside of the U S uh, and I have to wait on the whole process for that widget to go through the supply chain to, to show up to me and it's a bummer. So the kind of going back again. So, uh, 19 increase, increase rates, uh, 20 happens, the world shuts down. We have a shortage of drivers. We have a shortage of, of shipping containers. We have a shortage of all that jazz. The good news is things started to look like they were going to kind of normalize, uh, like what April May something mm-hmm. like that you're right around like uh, yeah that was March yeah March okay before the blockage so that's where I'm going I'm going about the blockage and the blockage is the old uh, the old Suez Canal blockage I'm, yeah everyone heard about this it was the joke it was like the butt of all the jokes on the internet the so, end of March yeah absolutely here's the problem I don't think we all understood the severity of what that did so that that uh, canal blockage all the good stuff that was ramping up it just delayed it because we were shut down how long was the blockage for i don't even remember um was it a week let's see a couple days five days yeah five working days so i mean that's literally like going about your life having a great time mm. and then all of a sudden finding out you have a hundred percent blockage in one of your arteries oh man so what are you going to do? Everything stops. Everything has to stop. Everything stops until it's fixed. So all the good momentum that we had kind of circumventing all the, the bull crap from 2020, it literally just stopped. All the good momentum stopped because of the, uh, uh, the canal blocking. Well, 
it got unblocked, but it caused even more delays. Mm-hmm. Right? Five days was a massive butterfly ripple effect. It was it was insane. So, um, oh here's a, here's a good fact. It's estimated that the five day blockage ended up costing four hundred million U.S. dollars per hour. So look, here's to me. Here's the takeaway. The takeaway is, and again, please read the article. There's stuff in there that I don't fully understand because they start talking about pulp, and I know what you know. Pulp wood is what we use to make paper, um, but all the other like ancillary topics that they talk about, it just made a lot of sense. It was very eye-opening, which is like our our reality is from an electronic standpoint. There's a chip shortage. They're trying to figure out the chip shortage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which we'll talk about that here in a minute. Yeah, that's but a whole other story. So there's a chip shortage. There's supply chain issues with just getting the components needed to build the widgets that we enjoy and we we work with and we sell and we utilize in our daily lives. When you compound that with the fact that just the actual process of getting it to you is now way more of an issue than what we fully really understood, man – please understand that this is not anything that one person or just a small number of people can really fix. We all got to figure this out together, right? We've all got to figure out how to get products delivered to our customers and even to ourselves as consumers. Um, And we just need to be kind and patient and understanding for those that are really working, you know, working hard to make sure that that happens. But this is impacting every area of our lives. Every, every single, single area of our lives. So, hey, at least we're not. We don't have a toilet paper shortage again. That is true. Well, yet I don't want to. I don't want. Honestly, it. it's a good point. I haven't fully read this when they start talking about pulp and paper because that's kind of where those paper products come from as well. So, um. Anyways, you want to talk about? Uh, talk about the spot the spot market now. Yeah, I do want to talk about that. So. In regards to the chip shortage, um, either these chips have either gone end of life or the raw materials to make the chips are no longer available. Or the demand is so high, they cannot keep up with the supply. Mm -hmm. So what that has caused, that has caused many electronics manufacturers to go what is known as to the spot market. And a spot market is basically somewhere you can go for an immediate exchange of goods. So you say... So the spot market's essentially an open market. It is an open market, usually in there's like no an electronics... There's no shadiness. There's no like... No, there's no shadiness. Yeah. It's like going to an auction kind of thing. Yeah. But you would say, I've got this chip right here. Who can make this chip in the next 30 days? Send me bids. And then 20 people will send you bids. You will choose who to buy it from. And then you would think, okay, yeah, deal's done, right? wrong when you are a top tier manufacturer whether it be you know i'm not going to name names here but like you know any of the big four letter s's five letter s's um you have a reputation to uphold and you have a customer base that you have to keep happy because you know as well as i do one negative review online speaks way further than one positive review Mm -hmm. 
So you can't just take these chips from the spot market and then just throw them in your devices and resume the assembly line and then just start putting them in boxes and shipping them out. The research and development phase starts completely over from day one. Day, as soon as day you zero. Get, as soon as you put out a bid yeah. request and yeah. as soon as you receive those chips. Even before, I mean, before you receive the chips, you started day zero. Yeah. And then you have to redo the firmware sometimes on the chipset. If it's a slightly different chip, it speaks a different language, you have to redo the firmware. Then you have to receive in some chips, usually some golden samples or something like that that come in. Then you have to put it through the R&D phase. And a lot of manufacturers that we work with specifically here have some very strenuous, mm-hmm. militant R&D protocol. So they can't just take a product that's been working great for seven or eight years, put a brand new chip in it, and just ship it out the door. Yeah. It's got to go all the way from day zero all the way through the process of testing, measuring everything to make sure that the product that has the new chip in it operates as well or better than the existing product. So it's not just, yay, we got chips. It's more like, we got chips. Will they work? <laughs> will they work? Let's get to work. And if and if they don't work, how well will they, will they work, right? I mean, yeah. because that's important. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, as well as I like, it's one thing to do testing for three months mm-hmm. in a lab somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to, to continue that from month four to month six mm-hmm. in the field mm-hmm. as a beta unit. And then it's another thing to continue that testing for the remainder of the calendar year to ensure Into longevity of the product. In the, in the, yeah. yeah, because, you know, like I, I have owned several products that work great for a year. And then all of a sudden after one year, not just mine, but like everyone starts failing. Yeah either because of a component change or something else. And like in the space we work at, that is simply not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the manufacturers, I would even venture to say all the manufacturers will not allow that to happen. So, you know, when, when you contact um, your sales organizations and they're telling you that, you know, if you're asking for a product in August and they're telling you October, November, December, you just got to know, like it's, definitely worth it to wait mm-hmm. because I would I would much rather own a product that was not rushed that was made correctly yeah. than to have one that was rushed so you buy it one incorrectly. time yeah you buy it one time yeah because you know you buy for pain or pleasure right mm-hmm. you don't want to have the pain come back to me one of the takeaways with, with all that is as we have uh, as we have customers that we're working with on projects that are scheduled for later in this year or scheduled for next year or the end of next year or, you know, the beginning of 23, whatever it is, this is, this whole supply chain product shortage is not going to be something that's remedied in three months. Mm-hmm. I don't believe. I no, don't there's believe no it. way. It'll get worse before it gets better. I believe that it's going to get worse before it gets better. I believe that probably, uh, probably the wise thing to do would be to just when you're interfacing with with customers is just tell them like if you wanted to buy this widget today i might have it in stock chances are i probably don't chances are I'm probably not going to have it in stock in the next couple of weeks i might in the next couple of months but i, w- I want you to know that i'm not the only one that's in this situation mm-hmm. right it's not just the manufacturers that we work with, it's all manufacturers. It's not just the integrator partner that I'm working with. It's all integrator partners. And it's not just the end users that we're interfacing because they're having issues themselves with supply chain issues, right? Yeah. So I just want to 
really remind everyone to remind everyone to just be transparent, be forthcoming, uh, and be honest and just let's be as positive as as we can be. Yeah. Because all we can do, we're all going to be going through deep, dark waters that are uncharted for a while. So the best thing we can do is just try to have good attitudes because that's the only thing we, we can really control, right? We can control our attitude. I can control my attitude. Yeah. I can't control yours. You can't control mine, but you can control yours. Mm-hmm. So let's just try to control our attitudes and um, and be just open and honest, right? And let's get through this thing together, man, because it's going to get weird. Yeah. But I think looking back on it when we're through it, we're going to learn a whole lot of stuff. That'll be the main takeaway that's a positive is we will know how to mitigate this in the future. Hopefully. Uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully. hopefully yeah, knock on wood again. Yeah. But circling back real quick to the transparent thing you, mm-hmm. you said this is i was scrolling on a different article and just looked at acrylics and mm-hmm. there's an acrylic shortage i wouldn't even think of that but think about every store you go to now has a oh, big they have piece the of plexiglass the acrylic plexiglass yeah stuff. so this is saying that that has also affected lg from a production standpoint for making acrylic resin for phone screens laptop screens Little acrylic windows on devices. Oh, um, phone cases too are made of acrylic, right? Yeah. I mean, think of how much acrylic you interact with on a daily basis that you don't even realize. So, and then, wow. and then it also goes into say, um, there's been a massive shortage on um, acrylic due to packing tape for boxes hmm. because that's acrylic. It's just, it's an acrylic resin. It's plastic. Wow. So, com- you know, face shields. Uh, sneeze guards, whatever they're called, and then um, packing tape. Uh, it's just like, you know, things you don't really think about. I didn't are, even know tape was acrylic, man. I thought tape was made out of tape. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's things you really don't think about that are causing these r- just like, you know, butterfly effects Yeah, all throughout the industry. Um, and it doesn't affect just tape. It affects everything made with acrylic. Um, that and the fact that a lot of, you know, when he was talking earlier about the containers, hard to find containers, a lot of these containers are still getting bumped for PPE, like personal protection equipment, mm. especially now that we're kind of seeing this Delta variant um, come into play. We can't say anything more about that or we'll get flagged on YouTube. So this is not about that, but it's about the thing we all know that's happening right now around the world. Mm-hmm. So... With that in place, um, we're, a lot of stuff's getting bumped for PPE. So people can get the protection they need, the supplies they need, which, I mean, obviously is first and foremost, mm-hmm. right? So we have to be compassionate about that. We have to be compassionate about people that are working way overtime to do their job to make sure that the new products they get that come in are going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of quality assurance going on. A lot of moving pieces. I would hate to work in any sort of planning or Mm -hmm. demand or manufacturing. Like it is, um, that's tough, man. That's tough. It is tough. We should probably get, uh, let's, I I got a friend of mine, John, I could call who's, who's got a manufacturing plant kind of South of us here. See if he'd be willing to come on and maybe talk about that stuff. And I know you got a friend that's also in the logistics business. Potentially we can get these guys on here and maybe let them, yeah. Just talk with us about this. Hopefully you guys find this interesting or somewhat valuable. 
Um, yeah. And I know this is kind of a talking head content piece. So, you know, trust me, I understand if you went to a different browser tab and you just listen to us, yippee happy, you don't have to look at us the whole time. Um, I mean, I, why would you not want to look at us? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to try to have my friend Andrew on who does full truckload and oversized, uh, full truckload and oversized truckload shipments. Okay. And I was talking to him last night that we were doing this today. Uh-huh. And he was like, dude, you have no idea what we go through on a daily basis. Yeah. The rates have gone through the roof. We can't find trucks. We can't find drivers. So uh, I'm going to have him on. We're going to do like a little one-on-one video chat. I'm just going to get him to kind of tell me what they go through on a daily basis because they ship stuff for all sorts of people. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's full shipping containers. And it's and not just electronics. It's everything. It's ev- it, a house. Yeah. It's whatever you want. But yeah. like, you know, I think he goes through the entire role of you say, I need to ship all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to basically manage it from a logistical standpoint of arranging a driver, a truck, mm-hmm. a pickup location, a drop-off location, and everything in between. Mm-hmm. And that that has just been the most stressful job ever right mm-hmm. now. So I feel for him. Yeah, man. It's crazy. So with that, we don't want to take up too much of your time. I don't know how long we've been going here, maybe 20, 30 minutes, but um, hope you find this valuable. If there's anything that you maybe want us, if we're wrong on anything, feel free to let us know. Yeah, I mean, we'll apologize. Yeah, we're not trying to be uh we're definitely misleading. not perfect. Yeah. Like we 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 started this because we were genuinely curious. Mm-hmm. So we are researching this, trying to get in-depth information from a broader global scale yeah. and not just from a little pinpoint, you know, with one thing happening. Mm-hmm. Um, cuz it's a much much larger thing than that. So, um Give us a thumbs up if you like this. Yeah. Subscribe for more. Like Kevin was saying, if there's stuff you want us to maybe talk about, let us know. Uh, also, thanks for listening, those of you that listen. Again, I hope that this is creating some sort of value. And unfortunately, we don't have like a clear future to tell you. We don't have like the best tips and practices other than be open and honest and transparent and be cool. That's what Mark Riley always says. Yeah, be cool. Rule number one, be cool. So um, I guess that's it, man. Yeah, until next time. Until next time. Cool. See ya.